0: Good evening and welcome to Humanities 101. I am Lisa Prinz. And I'm Kendra Cowley,
1: and we are the coordinators of Humanities 101, or HUM. Along with our amazing volunteers and intern, Morningstar Willier, we have been putting together weekly HUM classes here in CJSR. HUM is a free university course that usually meets in person at the U of A and off campus. But due to COVID-19,
0: we are now here meeting on air. You can always reach out for more information at 587-709-5472 or hum101 at ualberta.ca. You can also check out our website at hum101onair.ca, where you will find past episodes and lots of other things posted there, including some of your fellow listeners or classmates' stories. Last week, we started the first part of our class on music and storytelling. We knew from the beginning that we would need more than one class and, as it turns out, we might actually need three. Well, really, we need a whole term for all the topics of this semester.
1: Last week, we met Chris, who spoke to us about making music with his band, Nehiowak and AG47, the role of language and storytelling, and the importance of making and listening to music with other Indigenous artists. We also met Layla who spoke to us about designing accessible guitars so that people have the tools they need to share their stories. We learned a lot and listened to some incredible songs. Thanks to both of you for the conversations and music you shared with us. If you missed last week, you can hear it online at hum101onair.ca. This week, we talked to more guests who share their knowledge, stories and love of music with us. We start with a U of A instructor who teaches classes in popular music.
0: Well, then let's start by having you introduce yourself. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks for having me. My name is uh, Brian Fauteux. I'm an assistant professor of popular music and media studies at the University of Alberta, um, as well as an avid music fan and um, somebody who's played in bands from time to time uh, as a drummer.
3: I'm wondering
0: if you could just kind of start by telling us what is popular music.
2: I always answer this question in a way that reminds people that, you know, even music that you might not think of as top 40 pop music is still popular music. Anything that has some sort of widespread currency and is mediated in some way and mass produced. And you can search it and find it and listen to it. Um, that's all popular music. It, it's caught up in our daily lives in some way. It's often connected to identity in some way. Um, and that's what you know makes it popular. But there's also the term pop that kind of comes from popular that often makes us think of sort of those big top 40 hits that are on the radio all the time or dominating the streaming charts and, and sort of the what we might think of as the center or the mainstream, the, the music that reaches a lot of people at any given time and sometimes sort of stands in for a particular moment in time or a particular time and place. So there's these different levels to, to the term popular, um, but, but I think what's important to think about is that it often has some sort of structures in place that might be things like you know hooks, something that's catchy that makes us remember these songs. There's often some sort of verse-chorus-bridge structure to pop songs. Um, but on the topic of storytelling, there's often relatable lyrics, right? Uh, we can often imagine who the you or the I of a song is, and sometimes it's meant to be us, or we're at least you know allowed to imagine ourselves. Uh, playing that role, either identifying with uh, the singer or the narrator of the song, or perhaps who that person is singing about. Oftentimes it's meant to be us. So there's some connection there between the artist and the audience. Um, And sometimes this reflects the times quite well. Sometimes it's ahead of the time and and kind of anticipating what might uh, be, be coming in the future. whether it's a dance song or a pop song, that often a lot of themes are not entirely universal, of course, that's uh, um, not the right word for it, but relatable. You know, there's certain emotions and themes that um, can be communicated across borders. And a lot of people experience music and culture now increasingly across borders with things like digital technologies and access to streaming, uh, video and music services. It's not just the uh, kind of gatekeeping process between the record industry and the radio industry where only certain hits are kind of given that radio airtime. We're hearing a lot more hip-hop now at the top of the streaming charts as well as a lot of music um, coming from from Spanish-speaking countries. So stuff can kind of again kind of come from the outside, challenge the mainstream in some ways and, and sort of reconstruct it and that can have Um, positive and progressive results but often it can also result in it becoming you know part of the new mainstream but even just thinking about um, issues of representation and and who's sort of reflected in the mainstream over the kind of long history the longer history of popular music um, that is absolutely become uh, much more diverse and varied in terms of who we're seeing and and who we're hearing Um, it's still not Perfect, of course, but um, it, it is a process and you do see how um, the themes and the voices and the stories that we're hearing change over time.
0: And so whose stories have historically been the majority represented?
2: If we're thinking about, you know, big pop hits historically, um, it's been younger individuals, I would say, the voice of youth or the desires of youth, although not exclusively Um, you know there are and there is a long history of um cultural appropriation in the in the music industries too where even if you think of rock rock and roll or rock in the 50s and 60s it was often the musical style and innovations of a lot of african-american performers who were then sort of used or appropriated by um, white rock stars who were able to kind of access the means by which to reach a lot of listeners and to um, have that music commodified and to recognize the financial rewards of that on a scale that um, some of those other artists weren't able to recognize. So that's been something that has been at work in the music industries for some time. Is you know, many artists pushing against that and, and working to you know correct that particular trajectory and, and try to open up and diversify the the range of stories that we get in the pop mainstream. And I think with many of the issues we still get with something like streaming media uh, music services, namely the low payouts for most artists, one thing it has done is. It's sort of circumvented the the power that, you know, radio has had. And, and much of commercial music radio is not as welcome to genres like hip hop or even on country music radio to women country music performers. But within... The streaming music universe that changed and and sort of hip-hop artists a lot of black artists a lot of latin american artists have done uh, really well in terms of streaming numbers by comparison to something like commercial music radio
0: unfortunately there's not a lot of payout with those damn streaming numbers
2: <laughs> no there isn't hopefully and i think too with the streaming services, there are still a handful of artists that have done very well at the expense of a lot of others, right? So if we're thinking too about the different stories that are told, um, there's always kind of that top tier, top level of artists who, who are reaching lots of people and then everything else that doesn't really um, get the same level of, of airplay, if you will. But that music is still very meaningful to, to people outside of um, the center or outside of the mainstream as well.
0: Thank you very much for joining us. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you've yeah. got lots of marking to do.
2: <laughs> it's a nice break from the marking too, to uh, talk about this. For, so happy to do it.
0: Thank you, Brian, for helping us think critically about how popular music helps us better understand the stories we are consuming and supporting. We also asked Brian if he could share a song that highlights storytelling and popular music. We will let him introduce the song. I think you may have heard it before.
2: When I think about storytelling through song, um, one example that, that sometimes comes to mind is uh, Bob Cajun by The Tragically Hip. And, and they're a band that are often sort of talked about or reviewed in some relation to um, an idea of experiences or, or stories in or about Canada um, or rock music in, in Canada. And obviously, this is um, a fraught area and we all have our own ideas about uh, what identity and nation mean, and and there are those that have been included in this, and those that have been sort of historically excluded from um, ideas about music and its relationship to identity in Canada. But I think what sets this song apart, and what sets uh, the tragically hip apart, is Gordon uh, Gord Downey's role as a storyteller. Um, we can almost think of him in line with folks like Bruce Springsteen in terms of telling stories that feel relatable. You know, again, that idea that we can relate to certain stories or narratives through song. Um, There's this sort of convincing that goes on, convincing us of the story being told. Uh, Downey has a way of making the listener feel as though they know what he's singing about, as if you've been to the different places being referenced. Um, Even if you can't place uh, a place like Bob Cajun or any other place that they bring uh, to light through song on a map, um, there's something interesting there about the ability of of song to do that to to, to facilitate that co- uh, connection
1: Going to talk to Megan Vandergiesen, also known as Zetica a local musician who uses music and art to speak truth to power, document human rights, and tell community stories.
4: My name is Megan Vandergeessen, and um yeah, and I but I go by Zetica when I'm on stage. I was have been making music for I don't know, long time now, 15 plus years. And um And doing it with um, my good buddy, Mark Chuba, who is my producer and DJ when he wants to come out. But mostly I've been performing solo for over a decade. So how do you use storytelling in your work? Well, I'm 41. (laughs) Um, And I think since I was probably, well, before, because I just found a poem that I wrote in grade two, but... um, you know, probably since I was about 11 or 12, I've been like writing poetry and that's sort of how storytelling started for me. I have always been someone who um, wanted to express themselves with words. Um, I mean, I've got a whole bunch of ways I like to express myself, but yeah, words have been really fun and an important tool for me. And um, I started writing poetry and then performing poetry and, um, busking poetry actually, um, like white ab and stuff when I was probably 16, 17, 18. Um, and I had friends who were in bands and that's kind of how I started, um, taking the poems and, you know, working with the music with them, trying to lay them on top of, the music that was happening. And uh, and then slowly that kind of evolved, uh, picked up a few instruments, and sh- started writing songs um, with a bit more intention around writing a song. And this was probably when I was like, yeah, I don't know, 17, 18 years old. and And then eventually when I was maybe 21, or are Um some friends and I all um joined together and started this collective, Ishada bin Wiza. And which was like a I mean it was a hip hop collective, but it was also there's just so many different kinds of musicians and musical influences that were part of that collective that I think um it definitely traveled outside of those boundaries of hip hop a lot, which I would say is sort of a a common thread um, with the music that I've made over the years. Um, So yeah, back to story, I think writing lyrics has always been something of like a poetic venture for me where I get to tell a story in a way that um, is completely reveals completely the truth of it, and and really like personal moments to me, but is kind of codes it to the rest of the world. Um, and so some there's sometimes I've been able to really like tell a story that's been a really hard story to tell. Um, and have that be um, kind of coded within the poetry, maybe, and, and that makes it feel safe for me to share it and also gives me, you know, that feeling of like, well, I've expressed it, um, and you know, when that lifting off your shoulders, that can happen when you speak the unspeakable
1: yeah, and you mention it, but I'm wondering how you use storytelling to help speak truth to power in your work.
4: I've been really blessed to do in really incredible work, um, just involving just being with people and and having folks um, share their their experiences with me and and some really hard experiences, you know, because the realm of human rights, I really, I see this work, um, making art. There was a long time where I, um, I was kind of more focused on like this healing capacity of doing this work. And, and I, and I believe so much in that, but the way I see the arts now personally and professionally about this awareness has come in part, um, in a big part, because of the work that I do with the John Humphrey Center, is I, I now look at expression, creative expression, as human rights documentation, you know, and as some of the most important forms of human rights documentation. And um, I think, I think... Anything less than that is um, is just watering down the the power of of art because it's opens these you know it opens these pathways for us to know each other, to understand a little bit more of each other's stories and experiences. And it's like I was saying before with these coded messages to ourselves, like we, we're picking up all these little things from the art that's being made around us and making meaning of it from our own experience. So it's like, it's plugging us into each other and showing the diversity of understanding, you know, what these visuals or what these audio, um, messages are telling us like we are we are filtering that through our own beings and learning We're gaining this like our own wisdom from it and then there's also whatever that intention was of the artist who's putting that forth so I think it's to me it's it's like it's speaking truth to power but it's also speaking our truths to each other um I just I think that's so critical right now I'm just making music about my my life and my experience and the way I see the world. Definitely it's it's been informed by the work that I do, but over the, that it's just more informed by my the ethic that I want to have around making art. So even sadaka itself just kind of a made up word based on, um, a Hebrew word, Zadok, which is, um, a righteous person, someone who tells the, the truth, um, and is just my idea around being somebody who, um, has integrity. And what does that mean when you're making art? And I don't, you know, I know I kind of went on before about, like, um, how art has to be you know important because I really you know saying something important like I as much as I believe that I also I don't want to put art and certainly not my art on a pedestal Um, because for example like I love 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 stand-up comedy and sketch comedy but I love stand-up comedy and Um, And I love like the stuff that speaks truth to power, but I also just love some silly bullshit too. And so it's not that that's all art has to be. It's just that um, I do believe that um, in the realm of art making for me, um, you know, my directive is that it is um it is my my weapon in the world it is my tool in the world it is my vocal cords in the world and like i like so many people have traveled through my own um pain and hardship in life with music and with art and it has helped to transform So much of the shitty stuff into, um, into like real treasures. And so I just, I hold it with such reverence, I guess. Um, but I also want to say for, for me as, um, as especially as a a white woman making hip hop music, um, I just like to, you can't separate the culture um, from the important work of pushing back and speaking truth to power and being an incredible vehicle for resistance and, and mobilization for so many um, oppressed and silenced people that I think maybe that's one of the things that has always like attracted me to not just hip hop, but hip hop and punk rock um, that they I'm just speaking for myself. I, I feel like a real responsibility to honor that tradition. And to, um, be really critical about how I use my voice and how I use this platform. Um, you know, I don't have a ton of followers, but I am, I'm known in the scene in the city and I, um, it's important to me to Act with integrity and to lift others up, and um, and just honor honor the culture because I've gotten so much from it, and um, and I would just want to keep giving and learning, and um, that's kind of that's part of hip hop's legacy.
1: Yeah. And actually, that leads me to my next question, which was, how does hip hop in particular allow you to tell a story? So through its form, um, stylistically, through the culture, uh, through its history, how does that help you tell a story? Yeah, like I said, it's it
4: comes from a like just a really clear um Place of storytelling and of um, just speaking to experiences that aren't given airtime in other spaces. Um, this I, this is why so many people are attracted to to hip hop, to hip hop music and hip hop culture, because there's there's space for those who. Have been on the margins, and and there's opportunity. There is even permission to um, to fire back in so many ways, and and that's so meaningful for people, and has certainly been meaningful for me in in my life. Like I don't, I'm inspired by hip hop but I'm not sure that I'm always, you know, just making hip hop music sometimes, you know, a song has more of a a jazz or a soul or even kind of like a reggae bop to it. But there's, um, there's a real, (laughs) you can say a lot singing a song, but there's something like I, There's something about, and again, like I think punk rock and, you know, metal, there's lots of music that kind of does this too, but sometimes you just need to scream in someone's face. And like, I have really been given permission to do that in certain moments with, with hip hop, um, where you're. Maybe there is there is pressure, not maybe there is pressure for women, especially women in hip hop to sort of like portray a certain image um, and to certainly like sexualize um, themselves, which is, um, which is all good. It's just not my thing. And. Um, yeah, I don't know. People, people expect you to be the singer in the band. And, um, it's just so incredible to watch women slay on the mic. That is one of my all-time favorite things to do is to, you know, watch other women just slay. Locally, like I just want to shout out Pookie G, because that woman, holy, she's such a killer.
1: So last question. I was wondering if you were to choose a song of yours that really exemplifies how you use story in your work, which one would you choose and why? Uh,
4: Yeah, this was a hard one to really decide on but i i think i felt like this song that i recorded um a couple of years back on my most recent release called i recognize you is one that stands out to me um i recognize you came from a really important moment in my life about three years ago and a trip that I took to Saskatchewan and um a ceremony that I was invited to and just like a really just a pivotal moment for me in in a lot of healing work that I was you know trying to accomplish in my life at that time. And sometimes things just kind of happen, you know, and I, I went on this work trip and it just turned into something that really transformed me and, um, and is continuing to transform me. And so that's kind of where it started. But then along the way, um, on that trip, there was another woman there who, you know, we were all kind of being, um, we are just all, you know, when you just go on a trip and you're just like, everything was just happening, lining up, everyone was connected. Like it just, it was just such a trip how everything was just like coming together and um, yeah. And, and so she was kind of having her own realizations and transformations. Um, so when I came home, I took a day off. I just felt so raw after that trip and so kind of shook. And that's where the first, you know, the first part of this song comes from. The heart of the song kind of comes from this incredibly transformative series of moments in my in my life that I just, I could feel it. Um, but then I kind of wove in this other woman's, her sharing some of her stories with me. And then I guess it really, um, the whole thing, the experience made me then reflect on, um, you know, just where we come from and our own cycles of, um, trauma and, and just those things that get passed, passed down upon us, um, through us, through our families. And, and um, so then it also became a little bit of a song about that because then I started reflecting on, you know, the women in my family um, going back, you know, my mother, my grandmothers, my great grandmothers, and just kind of tracing these lineages that whole album actually half the pain is half the work, which is a line from this song. I recognize you Um, that whole album. There's like a real thread of um, ancestral healing, I guess, you know, just, there was a lot of, love letters to my ancestors throughout that album and then finally what this song is about now when i when i perform this song um i always think about um all the people who are doing that frontline work and what it takes to really Um, You know, get right and healthy with yourself so that you can really be um, a positive force in the world and what bravery and what sacrifice it really takes to be of service to others and really be willing to do that hard work, which is that self, that self work, that writing relations with ourselves that's this song. It's kind of like a love letter to to myself and and to all the people who are just like on that precipice of of transforming and
1: and uh, how tough it is. Thank you, Megan. That was a really beautiful introduction to the song, which we are gonna listen to now. And I just wanna say thank you for speaking to us and sharing your self-reflective wisdom. Um, I know that I have a lot to think on and listen to.
5: Thanks, buddy.
3: She told me that she never cried and that today her tears felt good. I know you understand me. I'm transforming learning just like you. And I think of all the reasons that I get up every day. That's what I do. What I give is what I have, and that's enough for me—enough to see you through. Something lifted off my heart, and it feels good. I wanna understand, remember, pick apart, and then I think, should I? Recognize that half the pain is half the work I recognize you Make a difference and I call it like I see it stay true Call me clearly, get up early with this feeling Soak it in, I said I'm too tired to carry all this anger deep within Can it be part of my story? Not get under my skin I let it go just like a feet falls off the string My heart is different My heart is different, he got broke open, and we'll stay that way, I'm hoping. My heart is different, my heart is different. different. Sometimes you witness moments, making memories that will not fade. Someday you make it to the end, just to remember it's beginning. She says she hates her hands, but all I see is everything she gave. You grow more beautiful as you get older, and it's only fitting. Something lifted off my heart, and it feels good. I want to understand, remember, pick a part, and then I think, should I? Recognize that half the pain is half the work I recognize you You'll make a difference And I call it like I see a stage true. Lift it off my heart and it feels good, good. 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 Want to understand, remember, pick a part And then I think, should I? I, 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 I. Recognize I have the pain is half the work oh, I recognize, I recognize you. you You make a difference and I call it like you see it Stay true
1: Thank you, Megan. You really inspire us and I know many in the city to find the art that helps us tell our own stories. We have a link to Zetica's Bandcamp page where you can find more of their music on our website hum101onair.ca under the resource tab for Week 8. Just a reminder that you're listening to Hum 101 and we are Kendra Cowley and Lisa Prinz. And you can tune into the show every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. here on CJSR 88.5 FM. If you have any questions or have a story you'd like to share with us, you can reach us at 587-709-5472 or hum101 at ualberta.ca.
0: Our next guest is DJ Creation. Morningstar interviewed him about hip hop and how it helped him learn more about his own identity and culture.
6: Uh, my name is Matthew, uh, Matthew Wood, aka Creation, from originally from Goodfish Lake, uh, but live here in, in Miskachi, Wiskigen, uh, Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, uh, I like long walks in the reserve. No, I'm just joking. Um, uh, I've been dancing for the past 20 years, um, DJing for like 15, um, music producer. Um, and getting into filmmaking um, basically just the arts Uh, a lot of my main work has been you know uh, the arts and really love music dance uh, art like all the things that I do involve a lot of like the hip-hop elements so that's Mm -hmm. something that's really um, uh, has driven my work community is you know key for me is um, uplifting the community with, you know, the things that I learned, basically do a lot of cool stuff. That's, uh, things I didn't get to do when, when I was a youth, um, but I'm still youth. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, just, uh, a lot of it's been community driven, um, where I'm, you know, working with indigenous youth, but, you know, people, uh, all, all nations though too I think it's a lot with hip-hop it's all about being inclusive so you know a lot of my work has been working in schools conferences um you know uh, community uh, different communities across uh, Canada as well as um, America and you know I've traveled a few places uh, outside of North America as well um uh full-time uh, dancer uh, tour with uh, a band called a tribe called red oh, wow. and <laughs> yeah and um, and yeah it's been a cool um, it's been a cool journey of you know just really surrounding myself with other amazing artists to, uh, to learn from and build with
5: Just to go back I guess can you tell me about the different elements of hip-hop that you mentioned earlier
6: Hip-hop A lot of, you know, misconceptions you you see, especially with uh, media or just like music videos. It's all, you know, there's violence. There's, you know, it's about bling-bling and all this stuff. So for me, uh, I want to dig deeper. So then I learned about the elements, which consisted of breaking the dancer. Um, It consists of graffiti and all that. And then... um, also introduced, you know, learned about emceeing, uh, master ceremonies, but also, you know, a p- person who could c- controls the crowd. Uh, um, and then there was the DJ, uh, which, you know, is the person who who controls the vibe, who puts the vibe out there for people to dance to, to groove. And so all these elements that the more I learned about them, the more I really like, you know, learned the history of, of hip hop and allowed me to understand, you know, how I could use these tools to, to, to be a better human being. And also, you know, in, in lead by example, basically. And what really drove drew me towards it was uh, I didn't know at the time, but the parallels between hip hop culture and indigenous culture, uh, me coming from Cree background. Um, I was always taught about through my mom, my late mom, my mushroom, my late mushroom, um, and just family, my community, uh, That or like when I went to school, when I went to all Indigenous school, uh, learning about the medicine wheel was what really like kind of like put that spark for me uh, in connecting hip hop culture and Indigenous culture because of the, the elements, directions, the teachings within like, you know, a lot of our ceremonies really connected connected with hip hop. And so the more, um, I matured and learning about, you know, my culture and hip hop culture, I really, I was really, um, uh, what really inspired me and fuels my fire is learning more of my culture and learning more of like, uh, the culture that I practice So too, um, as a practitioner of hip hop, I really want to find ways cause w- because it inspired me to, to go full circle and learn more about, you know, my, my Cree background as well. And, and I, I'm i I'm a grass dancer as well. So I kind of like, um, really want to take, you know, the storytelling of our, of our elders, you know, our ancestors and find ways I could share those and preserve culture, I guess you could say, but, you know, find a way where I could, uh be true to true to tradition but also have a modern approach which would be like the hip-hop uh and using the elements and using those teachings kind of combine, like bringing both worlds together and where they complement each other and i'm not trying to you know take away from tradition and i'm not trying to make it all about modern though too i'm just trying to you know have the best of both worlds find why you know why do i do what i do why do i like you know dancing or the arts the elements in hip-hop and it challenged me to like dig deeper and, and reconnect with my culture because um with um hip-hop it was very well known that uh it's uh black culture and latinx uh culture that really helped shape you know hip-hop culture but then there's also been invitations to the to the table throughout the years of you know people contributing and i felt like you know i didn't want to be like some kind of visitor or anything for me it was like i felt like i've always been there even started i feel like as indigenous person artist in our community we've definitely contributed towards hip-hop just like the concepts, the approaches, uh, even in some of the dance moves they refer to, you know, the Indian step, the Apache step. They refer to a lot of our our styles and our character because um, when hip hop was being created, the, a lot of the kids that was creating it um, helped really uh, took a lot of ideas, or was inspired and, and, and used that within when they were creating so our indigenous people were there at that time and they saw our people uh, practicing ceremony our dances so you know some of the rot like some of the the dancers that helped create you know breaking were were influenced inspired by indigenous dance so
5: do you want to talk about cypher wild
6: yeah i mean cypher wild uh, exist because it was you know it was a demand or not demand but like something that you know was needed in the community a lot of my travels um with uh, a tribe called red and many other artists and companies that i've worked with over the years have allowed me to like really i really saw like in communities that were really uh, more developed or not even more developed. Some of them are just as the same, or if not smaller communities. But there was, uh, I always got to meet someone that was like that, um, that push, you know, community uh, based events or just trying to create space. And so uh, in my travels, I was able to see like events like Sacred Cipher, which is in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it's all indigenous, you know, ran by DJs, dancers. It was connected with the the the, the traditional powwow that happens after. And so these artists really want to showcase um, the elements and the connection you know, of, of hip hop culture and our traditions. And so that was like, you know, a spark right there that helped me um, wanting to bring that to, to Edmonton. Um, So things like, you know, people that's, that I felt I was very, you know, in the same tune, uh, same frequency that was trying to like host things for the community, keep their scene alive by hosting these things was like, Oh man, I really want to do this. So it inspired me to bring that energy back home and then just started off with you know DJing, bringing the music, opening up a, a space at Churchill Square, and kind of just building it and seeing like yeah, kind of building it and waiting for people to to be involved. You know, I, I it was all word of mouth, live DJs. It started out with I invited dancers, and then later as it progressed and it matured, then we added all the other elements. And wanted to like make it that people want to be involved, not just kind of show up and be like, hey, I want to perform. And then they they would just leave. So I want to like I want to be really community-based and wanted for people to like feel that they want to be there entire time. I just want to, yeah, create a space where people want to share, but also want to be there, like like in a genuine way. I want to create this this event, this energy of of where everybody wants to be there. And if they missed out, if they showed up late, they missed out on hitting the cipher and be like, oh man, I really want to be here today, but I missed out. Or if they missed the day, then they're looking forward to the next week. And so a lot of our traffic was inner city, you know, inner city uh, youth, uh, the community. um, And just want to, you know, show people too that um, the people who live downtown are, are, our human beings, though, too, because I've been doing this work for, you know, over 10 years with Cypher Wilds. And it's evident now that it's it's needed within our community. Yeah, it's inspired people to, to follow their passion. You know, it's really encouraging people that you don't need to, you know, get drunk or get high and, and have to have a good time. It really showed people like, you know, an honest way of just like building with community and they can come there, you know, just, just to enjoy a good time without, you know, the, all those other things, those those vices. So I think that's really leading by example for a lot of our youth, though, too, because, you know, show youth that, you know, if they put their mind to things that their passions and their work, they could create things like this too. create spaces. Like, at first, I didn't feel like I should be a dancer. So I was like, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm off beat. I, I can't. Move my feet this way, or or listen to the music. So it took practice, and it took me being around other people that also, you know, encouraged, encouraging, rather than being like, oh man, like you can't do this, so don't do it, you know. So with Cypher Wild, I putting, I really wanted to put that energy out as well. That you know, whoever wants to participate and spectate, that they have the opportunity to learn about these elements, about their own culture. And just challenge people to as well so yeah that's kind of like what's helped me drive me to to create cypher wilds and that it's a, been a community uh you know built by the community for the community
5: that's a really really strong statement and yeah. a really strong act to be doing well
6: for me you know natives come from the streets you know for me like um i come i learned from I learned from the streets though, too, and not to sound like I'm not some gangster or, or like, um, I I think for me as a young indigenous youth, I definitely was exposed to that. And uh, so I just want to be able to like, for me is, is inspire other young youth, uh, indigenous youth and youth all, all walks of life is, is that, um, they could, there's, you know, there's positive things that in their life they could do. There's lots of talent that, you know, our people have. And it's just about nurturing that, you know, I think uh, for me, why, you know, doing it, you know, for the community, by the community is because, you know, I, I grew up in, in in both worlds. I've been exposed to that, the, that lifestyle and seeing, you know, even our youth today of what they're being exposed to. So it's just, yeah, really trying to lead it by example. And uh, a native from the streets could, you know, do what I'm doing right now. They could do it as well. And a lot of these, a lot of obstacles and hardships that our youth still go through today, as things I've been through, so I tend, I tend to always try to find ways to share my story in an honest way to show them that, like, oh man, if if he went through that, then I can get through what I'm going through right now, you know. So it never gets easy, you know. As it, it's, it's not a this role that I've taken. It's I knew what I'm, I was signed, signing, signing up for, and I knew that it, it was like. For me, <laughs> I don't like playing things on easy. You know, easy mode is like, it's just like, it's too easy. You're not really accomplishing anything if, if you know, you're not having, being challenged. So, and just, yeah, showing that to, to other people, being like, look, if you if you surround yourself with positive people, that good things are going to happen. If you surround yourself with negative people, then, you know, negative things are going to happen. I want to share that with you know my community as well, so that we ignite other people's fire. You know,
5: I really enjoy that you use your story of success and challenges to inspire our youth. But I'm really curious as to how COVID has affected Cipher Wild.
6: Unfortunately, with COVID, we're not we're not able to have the gatherings through the past year. But it's become more evident though too of people just sharing their memories of Cipher Wild through the throughout the past ten years the energy that I've put out there to inspire people now it's coming full circle. It inspires me, you know? So I think that's, that's, that's a a job that's been well done. And, but yeah, it's, uh, that's kind of what Cypher Wild has been.
5: That's kind of amazing. Thank you so much for building that within Edmonton, but it was really great hearing you talk and listening to you talk about hip hop and your passion and how it's really, created your story to be one that others look up to now
6: yeah i mean that's uh that's been the whole point of this to show other people they could uh they could follow pursue their dreams yeah hope you have a great day
1: thank you matthew not only did we learn a lot from speaking to you but it also has us thinking about how a supportive community can make all the difference in one's life and thank you morningstar for the excellent interview Songs can kickstart your heart, remind you that you've got a friend, and sometimes can make you bust a move. We'd love to hear what songs are important to you. Our current activity, Soundtrack of Your Life, asks you to share a song with a story attached because we'd love to hear both. Share the song and why you picked it with us, either in writing or in a voice recording. And with your permission, we'll share them on
0: air and online. If you are curious about the history of music, specifically American recorded music, and the theft of culture and all sorts of chart-topping music, rock, pop, country, jazz, etc we would encourage you to check out the Black Music History Library at blackmusiclibrary.com. It is a very interesting and interactive website with loads of resources. There's a link to it on our website. Next week, we have a takeover
1: class. We were able to meet up with Chubby Cree, like in real life. We met with them at the Starlight Room, a live music venue in Edmonton, where we interviewed them and where Jason Boris was able to record them live off the stage. Big thanks to Jason and Chris for all the work and support and for the AG47 theme music. Thank you also to our guests today and to you for tuning in. We'll be back next week from 6 to 7 p.m. right here on CJSR 88.5 FM. Thanks and have a good night.